Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. I'm Marika Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay. Local news to keep you rooted. Lisa Petrus and her partner live in Oakland, and they managed to dodge COVID for the past two years. They've been pretty cautious when it came to navigating this thing, and they plan to keep it that way, even as things like mask mandates began to lift. So when cases started to rise again, Lisa kept a close eye on the data. There's like this, uh, the vibe of everything's over and let's take off our masks and go party. And um, that actually made me feel a lot less safe than I've felt over the past couple of years. Still, there was just one thing they couldn't miss. We went to our menu tasting for our wedding on Saturday and it was literally the first time in 25 months since the pandemic began that we ate indoors. A few days later, Lisa started to feel her first symptoms. By the time she got home, no amount of covers could keep her warm. And it reminded me of the exact symptoms that I had when I got the vaccine. And I was like, "Uh oh. Lisa is one of the many folks in the Bay Area coming down with COVID during the Omicron BA2 surge. In California, the Bay Area is now the epicenter of this surge. So today, we're going to talk about navigating this new variant and this new chapter in the pandemic. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading!
Hi there, I'm Randad Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. Okay, Leslie, so we're in another COVID surge in the Bay Area. How bad is it? I mean, it's all kind of relative. Leslie McClurg is a health correspondent for KQED. It's not as bad as the Omicron surge that that really hit the country extremely hard. It's not as bad as the winter surge before that, but it's probably somewhere in the mix of the other surges that we have had. You know, for example, in Marin County, this surge is higher than the peak of the Delta surge, which hit us last summer. So, Mm. you know, if you look at it, it's much smaller than these big winter surges, but cases are rising and they're rising pretty fast. Right now, cases have gone up about 92 percent, so almost doubled in the last couple of weeks. The worst is Santa Clara County, but that's all kind of relative because that's the biggest county in terms of number of cases. It's several hundred a day are are testing positive. San Francisco County is right behind that. But again, that's probably your densest. You know, people are probably in the closest contact in San Francisco. I think the good news, though, is that cases are rising fast, but hospitalizations are not rising that fast. So in comparison, hospitalizations have gone up, I think it's about 28% over the last couple of weeks. And again, cases have doubled. So they're going up, but not as fast as we have seen in past surges, which is really good news. And luckily, we're not seeing an uptick in deaths at all. What is behind this surge? So there is kind of a couple of factors at play right now. We've lifted almost all of our restrictions, right? We can basically go back to life as normal right now. A lot of people are moving around and they're not staying away from each other. They're not wearing masks. If they are, you know, it's kind of when they feel like it. And that's combined with the fact that right now we have a subvariant hitting the country, which is a, a variant of Omicron, which, if we all remember, was extremely transmissible, the most transmissible strain of the virus to this point. This one is 30% more transmissible than Omicron, and it's BA2. So it's similar in that it's really transmissible. Fortunately, it's also similar in that it does not appear to cause more severe disease. These factors hitting at the same time make for a ripe situation to catch the virus. I, I want to reassure people, but we should always respect COVID. Dr. Jorge Salinas is an epidemiologist at Stanford, and he basically said that this surge is, like I said, you know, not as bad as the, as the past surges and that it really reflects a difference, like where we are in a different place than we were a couple of years ago when we were getting hit by these surges. We have in our hands the tools to, um, to mitigate our risk without necessarily Uh, uh, modifying completely the way we live. People are getting it. It might not be fun, but they're not getting nearly as sick as they did in the beginning, which marks this surge as much different than the past. I mean, I do feel like this is one of those moments where 
I know more people with COVID than at any other point in the pandemic. What should I know about how to navigate that? It does kind of feel like everyone around you is kind of falling, right? <laughs> yeah. it, it's an interesting moment because I think if you didn't get hit by the past ones, it does sort of feel like you're going to get hit by this one. I think the thing to know at this point is it's really up to your own risk tolerance in terms of whether or not you want to get this one. It's really transmissible, and if you're going to go to concerts or bars or restaurants, there's a good chance you're going to catch this thing right now. Hmm. And so if you're up for probably a few uncomfortable days of sickness, then, you know, go at your own risk. If you don't want to catch the virus right now, then you have to be the one to protect yourself because protocols are not in place to prevent that from happening. I think that's the biggest thing that distinguishes this moment from past surges. Because hospitalizations are not going up that fast and our hospitals are not overwhelmed and we've gotten hit by so many other factors that have hurt us economically, I don't I don't expect health officials to change course on this surge anytime soon. I mean, the folks that are falling all around me are not having a good time. So, you know, I'm going to throw a mask on when I'm going to be around a lot of people. If I'm going to be in a crowded indoor space, I'm probably going to wear a mask. That's what doctors and public health officials I've talked to are recommending. If you're going to go to a big venue, good idea to put your mask on. If you're going to get in a crowded train, BART just reinstated their mask mandate, right. probably for that reason. I'm considering if I'm going to go to an event and I know there's going to be older people there or there's going to be folks who are immunocompromised, I take a rapid test before I go to a big concert or I take a rapid test before I'm going to visit a hospital or go someplace where I might be around people who are more sensitive to the virus. I think that's kind of a good rule of thumb to think about the fact that this isn't just your own personal safety, that safety is in your hands to take care of others at this moment. And so it's not that hard to take a rapid test. It's not that hard to put my mask on. So I'm going to do that. So I think that we have to remain humble and uh, without par paralyzing, we, we need to continue taking it seriously. Jorge Salinas kind of underlined or underscored the fact that this is still a serious virus. My recommendation is for people to, within reason, try to avoid getting infected. So you can get pretty sick. You're not going to feel very good. And you can also have symptoms that last for quite some time, even if you don't get long COVID. I've had friends, you know, a month to three months. Oof. And then if you do develop long COVID, which lasts for months and months, sometimes years, as we're seeing now, you know, that's not something you want to get. And so I think it's still pertinent, and he does as well, to avoid this virus as much as we can. People need to be uh, aware if people are not vaccinated or, or up to date with their boosters to, to do so. This is a good time to do that. And I don't consider COVID-19 to be a trivial respiratory infection uh, yet. Maybe that will be the case in a few years. I don't think we're there yet. So let's say that you do get COVID right now. What should we know about what is different about getting COVID now versus in previous surges? There were a lot of unknowns two years ago. I think there are still some pretty big unknowns. These are new variants. But we do have a better sense of, of what it will be like. You know, we had treatments back when the Omicron surge hit, but they were in really low supply. Right now, that's not the case. There's plenty of, of treatments available. There are many treatments that doctors can try, depending on what your situation is. So that's really good news. So even if you do get COVID in this moment, there's a really high chance that you're not going to get severely ill from it because doctors can treat you. This is kind of a game changer for us. 
Matt Willis is the public health officer in Marin County, and he spoke to my colleague, Vanessa Roncano, about this. We've had more and more access to Paxlovid, which is one of the pills, 90% effective at preventing severe illness and death. Um, we want to make sure that people are aware that if they develop symptoms, they should test at home, reach out to their medical provider if they are positive, especially if they're in that higher risk group, and that provider can walk them through the conversation and get them treatment if they need it. In some ways, it's like culturally we're in a different moment where our relationship with COVID is a little bit different, too, because we just know more, I guess. We know a little bit more how to navigate this surge because it's not the first and it probably won't be the last either. It definitely won't be the last. I mean, if you're reading the headlines from other countries, specifically South Africa right now, there's two more subvariants that are related to Omicron that are spiking cases there. So I think we should settle in for the ride and surges are going to come and go. And hopefully we will continue to have enough immunity and have enough people vaccinated and boosted to prevent, you know, another overwhelming surge that really devastates our hospital system. The best case scenario is they go like they're going right now and we don't have the virus mutate so much that it throws a completely new beast at us. And unfortunately, scientists and doctors don't know whether or not that will happen. Hopefully, I think the the unknown right now is whether or not we'll have the public infrastructure to make sure that we can continue giving sufficient vaccines and having sufficient treatments available. And so the wild card going forward is whether or not we're going to fund this public health crisis to make sure that it does stay under control or, or whether we're going to do like we do often with public health crises, which is throw a ton of money when it's really dire and then suck all that funding away. And then when it hits again, we're not ready. So that's, I think, the, the real crux in this moment. Leslie, thank you so much. Thank you. That was Leslie McClurg, health correspondent for KQED. This 20-minute conversation with Leslie was cut and edited down by producer Maria Esquinka. Editor Alan Montesilio scored this episode and added the tape. If you are a regular listener of the Bay, I have just a small request for you. Tell your coolest friend about our show. Word of mouth is the best way that you can help us grow. The Bay is a production of your local public media station, KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Peace out, y'all. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. 
They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 